So you finally got into vacuum tubes. I did. I literally got into them. Yeah, those are, are neat little. They they're are. called Nixie tubes, the ones Nixie. that have letters in them. Yeah, they're pretty neat. It's one of the first computer digital displays. You're going to show us sometime? Sometime, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of interesting things tonight. Did, did you pay attention while uh, Johnny was talking about his little seeds? Okay. Sure tried. Okay, could you just summarize what he said? Yes, he says we have to have little hairs on them, and we have to have three legs, and we have to be able to let them drill down to the what, dirt. What do they have hair? So they'll stick into the dirt. They'll stay there. So they'll do their mission. Stick in the mud. That's <laughs> stick wonderful. in the mud. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought what he told us was very, very interesting. And yes. you know, we're living in a time when a lot of people are worried about climate change. They're concerned that because we have been putting so much carbon dioxide and some methane into the atmosphere that the world is becoming like a greenhouse and it's trapping the sun's energy so that it's gradually warming up the whole planet. Kind of like if you're in a car with the doors closed, the sunlight comes through the windows, it hits the seat where it's transformed into warmth and then the warmth can't get out because it's closed. So a, a closed car in the sun can get very hot, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the concept behind greenhouse, global warming. Well, with global warming, sometimes comes climate change. And that means that in some areas, they may not see rain as often. Some places may see it more. So John said something that really got my attention. He said that these little seeds can sometimes go a thousand years just waiting, waiting for the right conditions. And then when it gets warmth and it gets moisture, it bursts to life and it becomes a plant. Mm. Can you imagine making something that would wait a thousand years and still work? I can't, I really can't. <laughs> it's really quite amazing when you think about it. And as I was pondering out, I mean, how does it know? Maybe it has a little computer inside the seed monitoring the weather, <laughs> the weather forecast. But it has, to, it has to pick which wave it's going to ride. When I was a little bit younger and I went to the ocean, I decided I was going to be a surfer. Yeah? Yeah. And so I rented a surfboard and you put it is on the ocean. This is a true story. Okay. And then you start <laughs> swimming out. And on the, on the surfboard, you lay on it, and you don't sink because the surfboard holds you up. And you go out, and the waves are coming in, and every time you hit one of these little waves, you go up and down. <laughs> but eventually, you get way out there where the waves start to become waves. If you get far enough out in the ocean, unless it's a real bad storm, there aren't a lot of waves. The waves are by the shore. Do you know why there are waves by the shore? Because they have someone to wave at. <laughs> Didn't you get that? No, it actually has to do with the wave energy comes by, could come from far, far away. But as the depth of the water starts getting shallow, it blocks the wave so the top gets ahead. And that's why they start to break. All right? And that's what we need for surfing. So we would go out there. And when you get out where the waves are just starting to emerge as waves, in California at least, where I tried it, there were quite a few guys 
that were going to surf, they're laying on their surfboards and they're seeing the waves come in. And the guys that were really good at this could tell how big a wave was gonna be. Oh, that's gonna be a big one, I've got it. And it was kind of a courtesy that only one person took a wave, so you weren't crashing all over each other, so we'd wait until, okay, I, I got this one. When it was your wave, you point towards the shore, and before the wave gets to you, you start paddling, so you get your surfboard moving, and the wave comes, and then you try to stand up on it. That was a hard part for me. <laughs> I could get up for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But then you want to catch the wave so that you're going downhill, and as the wave moves in, away you go. And it can be really exciting if you can pull it off. But I remember that we would sit there looking at the waves and trying to figure out, figure out which wave. If you chose a dud wave, and you say, okay, this one's mine, and you start pedaling, you get on it, and you get on it, and the wave just... <laughs> Then you had to go clear back and wait your turn again. And that's kind of like these seeds, because they're sitting there saying, hmm, seems to be a little moisture. I'm going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And if they decide to go for it, if they sprout and they start to grow, they either get their roots down where they can get enough moisture, or they die. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really quite a thing. So they get, like he said, one chance and one chance only. And that took me back in time. <laughs> one chance, one chance only. Yeah. So. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, if you want to hear. Oh, okay. Do you I want? How, how bad do you want to hear? Oh, I want to hear very badly. What if I suddenly break out in my hermit voice or something? <laughs> I'd like to hear that. Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. In the ninth grade science teacher came into our class and he had these glass tubes sticking up in water and he hooked it up to a battery and it started to bubble and he was electrolyzing water. He was using electricity to rip water molecules apart. Hydrogen and oxygen. There was water in the tubes? There was water in the tubes and the hydrogen bubbles started going up through the water and they started collecting and he had a little stopcock he could open and close, a little valve, okay. and he put a balloon on it and he filled it up with hydrogen. And then he tied it with a string, he dipped it in some alcohol so it would burn good. And the balloon was lighter than the helium balloon because it was a hydrogen balloon. He lit the string and let it float. And it floated up to the ceiling of our classroom. I'm sitting there watching and the fire crawled up to the balloon, and when it got to the balloon, it exploded, it popped, and, and I saw a ball of fire, and I thought, wow. And then he wrote on the board the thing that just changed my whole life. He put hydrogen plus oxygen from air creates water. It turns into water. Hydrogen, so fire is water being made. If you make fire, you make it, I mean, make water, you make it with fire. And I just, uh, <laughs> and I said, that's the answer. Right there, that's the answer. Ninth grade. The answer of powering cars. If you power cars with hydrogen, there'd be no pollution. There'd just be water coming out the tailpipe. You're really smart. Yeah, so <laughs> I started right then writing a paper, this is how to run cars on hydrogen, give my teacher, give me extra credit, 
And the next year in the 10th grade, at high school, I decided to enter the science fair and build a hydrogen car. And I tried and tried, and we've told that story, and I failed. And the science fair was coming, and I was out of time, so I needed a different project. I got a job one Saturday working at a nursery, not the kind where you change diapers, <laughs> but the kind of nursery where they grow plants. They grow plants. And my job was to kind of sweep and take care and help the owner. It was a, just a temporary job. But they had these flats. They were trays full of dirt, and they would plant seeds in them. And, and Johnny reminded me of that, because they'd plant these seeds and then leave them in the greenhouse, and the seeds would germinate and grow plants. They'd dig up the little plants and put them in a little pot, and they'd go, why are you smiling? Because the kids are really enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Hi. <laughs> Can we get back to it? Okay. They want to know where R51 is, is what they want to know. Where is R51? Yeah. <clears throat> He's safely stowed. <laughs> There's something wrong with that guy. There is. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> so the owner of the nursery was planting a bunch of seeds, and he had this little teeny tube of, of these seeds that were small. They were smaller than rice, quite a bit smaller, and he was planting them all over this flat. And he says, do you see these seeds right here? And it's just a, just a teeny bit, and he says, that's worth a couple hundred dollars. These are some flower seeds that are very, very expensive. And he said, and only one out of four will grow. A couple hundred dollars, only one out of four. And I thought, hmm, I wonder why the others don't grow. I wonder why they don't grow. And so I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And then one night, I had a really special invitation. My aunt, my wonderful Aunt Joanne, invited me to go to work with her. And I was in the 10th grade. She worked at the hospital in the laboratory. And she said I could help her. <laughs> laboratory. <laughs> so I went to the laboratory and she put me in front of a microscope and she said, okay, we're supposed to count how many white blood cells there are on this slide. And I looked down there, you could see blood cells and you could see the white ones and we're supposed to count how many there were. Now, my counting didn't count. She had to count, but she let me just try it to see if I could get it right and then she would do it. And I was just having a great time. And then I saw a ray gun. It was a little gun you hold in your hand. It has a cord out. And I'm <laughs> I had to make that's the sound effect. Sound. I said, what is this? Is this a ray gun? She said, oh, that's an ultrasound generator. Ultrasound. I didn't know what ultrasound was. I knew what sound was. What is ultrasound? She says, that is sound that is such a high pitch you can't hear it. And I said, what good is sound you can't hear? And she says, well, 
people that have injuries can use that gun to warm deep in their tissue and it can help them heal. I said, can I try it? He says, well, no, it only works underwater. The sound doesn't go through air very good. And I said, well, can I try it underwater? So he filled the sink and I put my hand down there. You couldn't, it kind of and it just felt warm. It was neat. <laughs> my, my hand's getting better. My hand's getting better. It was fun. Well, I went home and I thought about it. And then I had this thought. It was just, it was like it felt like little pinpoints of energy. It was kind of neat. And then I remembered those seeds. Only one out of four would wake up and grow and germinate. And I thought, I'll bet if I shot those seeds with that gun, say, you wake up or I will shoot. And they all wake up, okay, we'll grow, we'll grow. So I went back to the hospital. I couldn't get those expensive seeds at first. So I got some beans out of the pantry. You know, bean beans, the kind that... Beans, yeah, they were they're the kind of beans that people grow that they eat. And I took those there and I said, I want to shoot these and see if I can make them wake up. So I went and I held them in my hand. Underwater? Underwater, of course. Has to be. And then I took them home. I took as many beans as I treated, and I put them both in between paper towels, got them wet, put them in plastic bags so they wouldn't dry, and waited to see how many would germinate. And my goal was maybe more will germinate because I treated them with ultrasound. With ultrasound, every single bean germinated. And most of them germinated without, but some didn't. Mm -hmm. I think I'm having success. I went back to the greenhouse and I said, if you'll let me take some of those expensive seeds, I have a magic experiment I can do. And I think I can make twice as many germinate. You said one in four, I'll bet I can get twice as many to germinate. So how are you gonna do it? Oh, <laughs> it's magic. And that wonderful neighbor of mine said, okay. So I took him to the hospital, hi. I don't know if she was supposed to let me in that lab or not, but I said, I'm doing a science experiment for the science fair. Can we treat him? So I took those seeds and we took them back. He had half that I had treated, half that he didn't. We made two flats and 75% germinated. It was three times as good as normal. And I entered the science <laughs> fair and I won first place. And I won the Navy Award. We had, we had a Navy back then. We didn't have the internet. So I couldn't post. But you know, it, it's interesting that being able to grow plants is a very important part of being alive. Do you realize that all of our food comes from the sun? What we eat is sunlight. You say, no, I don't like sunlight. I eat suntan, but I eat food. No, you eat sunlight. Some of that sunlight falls on leaves. Leaves have little chemical factories with photosynthesis where they, where they grow, and they make more leaves, and they make food. 
and all the plants capture sunlight and grow, and some of that food is eaten by animals, and that's how they grow. You take away the sun, there'd be no plants, there'd be no animals, there'd be nothing to eat except whatever was stored from sun before. So really what we're eating is sunlight. It's quite interesting. But that sun, just shining on the sand, makes a desert. There's nothing to eat there. You have to get it planted. You have to have the water. You have to cultivate it. So John says some researchers are trying to make seeds so you could just scatter them where there'd been a forest fire or something and they would plant themselves, and that's neat. There's going to be more need for that as the earth becomes more irregular in the weather. And some engineers need to take that on as a serious project. So I'm sitting here listening to Johnny trying very hard to behave myself. <laughs> but really unfortunately, hard. while I could lock my hands and hold them very still, my brain was going crazy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, inventioneering, inventioneering. They, they want to grow these seeds. They're going to drop them with a drone. And some of them are going to get planted, and some of them are going to grow. And I thought, you know what? Seeds grow better if you plant them deeper than those little squirrely things. Uh -huh. And so I started inventing. What did you invent? Yep, one of those. So just one think, if you're going to use a drone to scatter them, uh -huh. why not hook your drone up to GPS? Global positioning satellites. We learned about this. So the drone can go back to the same place. You know, I have, I have a couple drones. And you go up and you fly it. And when you're through, you push the home button. And wherever it is, it'll fly over and land right where it took off. Because it remembers where it is. So here's my idea. Okay. I'm inventioneering. I'm hoping someone is going to do something like this. Maybe it'll be you. So you're planting seeds in these No, lines. I'm, I'm going to say. <laughs> oh. I just took my idea. No. Get your own idea. I want to see what 51 sees in her. <laughs> anyway, so here's the deal. So you load the drone up with seeds. The drone goes up, and it goes to global push positioning location number one. Goes over there, goes down, it lands and it has a little poker that goes down and makes a hole. Just one? One hole, one hole. Okay. And then it drops a seed in there. And then it squirts it with water. Washes in the hole, takes off. Goes to the next location. I'll bet I get more to grow in a hole than I will just drilling itself in. There'd be a lot of drones, though, just one little seed per Well, no, hole. wait a minute. They're using a drone to drop the seeds. Mm -hmm. I'm using the drone to plant the seed. And they're dropping a bunch of seeds, and these over here are going to die because they can't find any ground they can get into deep enough. Right. My water. My seeds are going to grow. <laughs> yeah. So he plants it. And then he goes up, goes right, and plants another one. And these drones can do this. Right. And you know what? One of the neat things is drones can be given vision. So they can even look where to plant. They can say, uh-oh, there's a rock. Let's don't do a rock. And when they push down the poker, if it hits a rock and it can't go in, then they'll move over a little bit. <laughs> but wherever it finally plants a seed, it will make a note in its little computer brain. That's the location I did it. 
a GPS location. So he gets them loaded, and they all got their first watering. And so then we wait for them to germinate. But before they can germinate, as gents would have it, there's no rain. As they start drying out, and those poor little seeds that are starting to germinate are about to die. So what do you do? You pour a bucket of water in the drum, same back out, and he knows right where they are. So it goes over, squirt, 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 <laughs> squirt, 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 squirt. But it only has to do it when it doesn't rain. Just till they get grown deep enough to get the roots down where there's always water. That's really neat. Are you going to do something with ultrasonic flipping to make them all survive? Yeah, before you plant them, mm -hmm. you ray gun them with ultrawave. It only takes a second. Yeah. And you shoot them with waves. You know, now they have ultrasonic cleaners. Mm -hmm. You use them to clean jewelry and things. So you just take your packet of seeds, put them in a cloth, rubber band so they won't come out, put them in the water, turn on, bzzz. I only treated them for a minute. Pull them out, put them in the drone, and they're ready to plant. That's really fun. I love plants. That's inventioneering. If you have a problem, and a problem is the plants are having a hard time getting started somewhere because of changing conditions or whatever. Inventioneers come to the rescue. We solve the problem. Did I mention that I'm really excited today? Yeah. I Why? did? What did I say was the reason? You didn't say. Are, are you excited? I'm excited to learn why. <laughs> no, 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 no. We need to be very serious because I'm very serious. Do you remember this? No, I really don't. Hmm. Grab it. Other hand. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't remember that. <laughs> you have to complete the circuit. Don't you get it? Okay. It's excited, too. Okay. okay. So here's the deal. Okay. Something really shocking, amazing is happening. My long, long, long time dream is coming true. When I ray gunned those seeds, it was because my real science fair project, the hydrogen engine, didn't work. And the next year I tried the hydrogen engine again and it didn't work. But the last year of high school, it did work, and I converted my father's Model A Ford to run on hydrogen, and it won the science fair too, and it even won the gold and silver award at the International Science Fair and changed my whole life. So my dream was, why make pollution, make water? Join the club to make water, no more pollution. A renewable form of energy, hydrogen, the most abundant element in the universe, is the way to go. Well, that was over 50 years ago. When we got to the 50th anniversary of the world's first hydrogen coin, <laughs> of the world's first hydrogen car, pay attention. Okay, I'm trying. Pay attention, okay? <laughs> when we got to that point, we made this gold medallion, and it's kind of hard to see. It's got a face on it. It's kind of scary. Look is at it, that. Can you see that? Is it upside down? 
Is it upside down? Do you want me to turn it over? There, how's that? Is that better? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you see that there, oh, look at that. There's a guy there. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a gold coin. It is you. But it's a medallion to commemorate the 50-year anniversary of the hydrogen car. And we're still trying to get him going. 50 years ago? Which is really spooky because I'm not even 50 years old. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. But interestingly, something amazing just happened. If you go look on the internet and search for it, search for CEO, stands for Chief, Chief Executive. Executive Officer. That's the same thing as President. CEO Ford Hydrogen. Just search for that. You can find it on YouTube. And you'll see a video of the, the head, the president of Ford Motor Company saying, it's not going to be electric cars in our future. The future is now clear. It's hydrogen. Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying that for 50 years. And all of a sudden, they're saying, oh my goodness, could he be right? <laughs> yeah. And there's even something better than that. For the last few years, we've been talking about it. I've been talking about fuel cells. And my cousin, that isn't really my cousin, but I call him my cousin. Remember yeah, Elon Musk? I call him my cousin because I like what he's doing. He's putting pizza box. And now he's putting satellites in so people can have internet anywhere in the world. He's making rockets that land so they can be reused. He's making the drill. He's doing a lot of neat things. Okay. Well, anyway, so I call him my cousin because I adopted him as my cousin. <laughs> well, he and I agreed on everything except one thing, and that was he said that hydrogen fuel cell cars are full cells. Only a fool would run a car on hydrogen. Howdy face, I love that right there. Full, I'm a full, hmm. Uh, well, well, he just needs to know what I know. Well, I'm very pleased to announce that cousin Elon Musk, is not really my cousin, but I claim him now especially, <laughs> has decided that the future Tesla cars are going to be hydrogen. Yeah, these lithium-ion batteries were a good a good thing to experiment with, but they're causing a lot of problems. And people are so excited to get a new technology car and they get an electric car and then they drive down the road and charge is used up. So then they have to find a place to plug it in and then they sit there and wait for a few hours. Doesn't go very far and then you have to wait hours to recharge it. And you know what? That's not cool. Now they've got some super fast chargers. They put in the charge fast. Still takes a few hours. But if you charge them fast, every time you charge them, it starts wearing out the batteries. So it's, there are problems. There's problems with the lithium and with the cobalt and the metals involved. And hydrogen is just perfect. We've got challenges to solve with a hydrogen car. 
And that's why we're training so many inventioneers. Yeah. And we're telling all the inventioneers, hydrogen is a gas. That's right. Yeah, that's right. and we're gonna figure it out. But Elon Musk has now come out officially endorsing hydrogen cars. And uh, it's so great to have him on the hydrogen team. It is. Finally. It is. So I have a lot of hydrogen stories. I have hydrogen stories we will never quite get through before everybody graduates. <laughs> but they're, they're amazing stories. So I'm gonna see if I can get this on the camera. Can you see these? These are hydrogen gold coins. Yep. Now, some of them are going to say, is that real gold? <laughs> and the answer is a qualified yes. <laughs> Meaning that these are really gold color. <laughs> they are. They're really gold color. Uh, no, they don't quite have the density of pure gold. But they're pretty. And I've got a few of them here, and I want to give some away. Yeah, because some of these inventioners would like to have one of these gold coins. So just so that we know that they're really there, they're really out there, I'm going to give away 10 of these coins to the person that types up there, you know, where you put your comments. Okay. This is what you have to type, and you have to be the first 10. So let me get ready. They're ready. I can tell they're ready. <laughs> okay. So what do they have to put? I don't know. Well, it should be a very difficult mental problem that you have to solve before you can put the correct answer. It should be. Maybe something about Area 51. <laughs> R51, now, I, I just want to get this whole R51 thing cleared up. I would too. Yeah. R51 has caused me a lot of trouble. You know, some of the parents write to me and say, there's something wrong with that guy. They and, do. and you know, the, they do. the story is that I have an area where I try my cutting edge experiments. Some of them that are so strange that I don't even want to admit that I did them when they don't work. If they had worked a little. Anyway, and so uh, one day I was in Area 51 and they wanted to film an experiment to show on Science Live. And so I had my lab coat on and my glasses and I'm in there working. And <clears throat> they're starting to film. But it was one of those days when I got up before my brain got up. <laughs> is this a true story? Yeah, this, this is sad but true. So I got up and my brain was still sleeping and I'm in the lab and I'm trying to do, and they said, okay, do the experiment and explain it to the students. And I, <laughs> okay. My eyes weren't working right. My it just, it was, I thought, I can't, I can't do this today. So I went into this goony mode, you know, just, <laughs> well, you see, so I'm just being goony, and they're still filming. No, and when I got done, Tina said, that's great. <laughs> no, you can't use it. Oh, yeah, we can. 
And thus was born R51. He was kind of like an accident. Mm -hmm. And so then we found out more about him. He's, a, he's an android copy. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the story. Since she's an alien, then he must be an android. Mm -hmm. And then the whole thing developed, and then he, under his lab coat, he had the Peugeot shirt, and, and that made some of the moms and dads kind of unhappy because he seemed like he was kind of crazy. <laughs> and he kind of was. Seemed yeah. like. <laughs> so there he is. But um, I'd like to say that R51 is now bound to his area. He cannot leave Area 51 under any conditions. I think that's a good idea. And if he tries to leave his battery short out. I think that's a good idea too. Yeah, okay. But here is the question that you need to answer to win one of these coins. And I admit it's not easy. This is not a question you can just cheat and go ask AI. Because this is a question AI does not know the answer to. Okay? Here's the question. Just type in up in the box. What is the name of the planet that Peugeot came from? Oh. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows that. That's what AI doesn't know. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, I didn't you know. <laughs> you did, didn't you? I yeah, can't tell asked. by your eyes. Didn't know. <clears throat> so they're they're ready to type, and I figured the only way you're going to know the answer to this, if you know the answer, is by watching Science Live, where strange things about science are sometimes revealed. <laughs> so you can right. tell us where you're from. Oh, no. What is K-Pax? No, that's not me. <laughs> no? No, that's a different, that's a, that's a guy. K-J-Pax? <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. You're going to have to figure this out for yourselves. So, you go ahead and type in your comment about where you think Peje Monet came from. And it could be whatever you think. Now, some of us have noticed some peculiarities, <laughs> but uh, this this will just be fun, wow. okay? <laughs> and if you happen to get an answer that makes me smile <laughs> by your cleverness, <laughs> that's, that's I will good. send you one of these, that's okay? Good. Okay. And the good news is. We're all going to be driving hydrogen cars in the future. And there are a lot of auto companies that are starting to build these cars. And I have had the wonderful privilege of helping these auto companies develop their hydrogen cars. And this is like one of my dreams come true. We can literally eliminate air pollution from our cities caused by vehicles by using hydrogen instead of hydrocarbon fuels. It'll make the world a better place. And to think that my ninth grade science teacher, Mr. Mitchell, just by telling me about hydrogen, 
and how you make water with fire completely changed my life and through that moment allowed me to help change the world. That's what inventioneers do. Inventioners do. That's why we study. That's why we have the Acellus Learning Accelerator so that you can acquire the knowledge you need to solve life's problems. This world is a wonderful place. It's a beautiful world. We have problems. But to an inventioneer, problems, problems are opportunities. Problems are your next science fair things. Do you know the difference between pop and whistle? Pop and whistle. Mm -hmm. Hydrogen researchers know the difference between pop and whistle. What is it? Hmm. hmm. If you want to know the answer to that mystery, come back. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Because we're with this wonderful news that the world is finally waking up to hydrogen. We need to learn more about it. And boy, are there a lot of neat things to tell you about hydrogen. So we'll see you next time. Thank you.